Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. By podcast. I'm your host, Ava Grigic, and with me today is uh, Venkatesha Prasad. Uh, he's an associate professor at uh, TU at, uh, in Delft. Welcome. Thank you. No it's, problem at all. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so I would like to start off just a little bit about your background uh, and also how you got interested in technology. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a long story. It's, it's a long story. Yeah, and then uh, probably it will take one hour for me to explain. But, but okay, I'll cut it short. Anyway, yeah. um, I I I was born in um, a very small uh, place in uh, south of India, um, and then uh, uh, so it's it's. Uh, I'm almost now reaching 50. Ah, cool. <laughs> I may not look like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then you can't make out in, uh, through my voice anyway. <laughs> um, so um, uh, my father was a, a postal employee, um, uh, a, a, a clerk in uh, post offices. And then it was a moving job uh, uh, every three years, moving from one place to another place. And then we were in a very small town, uh, not even a town, uh, a bigger village sort of. Um, so I, my schooling was done there. And then, um, of course, uh, first three, four years uh, of schooling, uh, you just enjoy. And then during that period of my life, or even for most of us, um, uh, uh, the schooling was not so um, stressful. Yeah. Uh, I used to walk uh, almost um, uh, about uh, three kilometers mm. or two and a half, such, something like that, uh, every day and with my friends and uh, uh, through the the small uh, uh, lanes and streets and then a big one and the market and then i used to saw lots and lots of things even the snake charmers <laughs> which ah, in cool. india is <laughs> you don't see that often in the netherlands <laughs> yes yes snake charmers and monkey charmers and yeah. then and then uh, they used to uh, have and then also uh, the uh, parrot um, uh, forecasting or, or rather um, uh, foretelling things. Yeah, yeah. So they used to parrot used to come out and then uh, pick a card and then they ah, used to the read kind a of card fortune telling thing, and right? then fortune. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. fortune telling. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, so uh, so we used to see lots of these things. And then I learned a great deal of um, science. Uh, for example, uh, if you heat a metal, it expands. For example, I saw that in by by first hand seeing that how a metal ring mm. which is tight enough. Uh, when it is cold, how it is put around a wheel mm. uh, by heating it. Ah. So, so I could actually see that, um, and then uh, uh, and then uh, also see um, uh, how these horses and then uh, uh, oxen uh, they were um, uh, uh, they they put a small um, uh, basically it's called horseshoe, right? Mm, uh, the metal sure, yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, how exactly it is uh, riveted into their uh, legs, for example. Yeah. So uh, this is one. And then slowly, when I was in sixth and seventh standard, I used to read a lot about, for example, Louis Pasteur and then mm. uh, Faraday and uh, many others. So these so that's great, where your great scientists. Yeah, that's and, where your interesting science came from. Right? right. So I could I could actually read something, mm. and then I could. S- somehow vaguely connect with what I see because when when that time in 6th, 7th, that time we started seeing that, okay, if you heat a metal, it expands. If you heat, uh, let's say, a volume of gas, it expands. So those famous experiments like putting a balloon uh, 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 and then uh, uh, to a a glass or a bottle and uh, and then heat the bottle slowly 
the balloon expands mm. right so these are the things that we used to see and then but we could also see not this maybe many other things we could actually see um uh, 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 lots of these things that we read in the books i could act- see that practically people using it you can do the experiments experiments like, yeah yeah and this is when something that uh, really started getting me interested and then my childhood dream during that period was probably is i know it's not possible is to win a nobel prize ah, <laughs> that's where it all started <laughs> yeah uh, so so no I, I, yeah, people really uh, think that okay uh, what is this man talking about is in no. engineering school and then normally you won't get nobel prize for engineering yeah. no but but the the thing is that i'm i'm still so young in my heart uh if i can look into myself mm. um i i i still carry these dreams and being an indian it also helps because we believe in rebirth yeah. so hey, hey, hey. <laughs> may not you be the time. Not, so I, i don't have to worry about <laughs> this life because there will be many other lives coming in yeah, yeah, yeah. so probably i'll win yeah. uh, so maybe i'll come back and then talk to you another <laughs> <laughs> time yeah <laughs> but but that is is that also is it also where the interest in technology came from and Uh, computer yes. science and stuff like that right yes um so uh, i could actually see that for example uh, logic um i can tell you um uh, something um, uh, that i learned from my father uh, to think out of the box um so we had a small clock and then um, uh, that clock fell down and then uh, you can't really um, change uh, the things broke out but somehow you could put that small battery it was battery operated clock and then it will run uh, but the problem is that uh, the knob that you can set the the the, uh, the needles timer, yeah. time so because once it stops you have to put the battery and then you have to again set the time but you can't set the time because that that small very fragile knob or the that it always pin, breaks <laughs> that, that broke so now i said okay it's not useful anymore because you can't set it my father said why are you worried you have every day two chances of setting the time so he came up with the simple logic that just wait whatever the needle that's showing now so just wait for that time uh-huh. and then at that time you insert the battery that makes sense <laughs> simple <laughs> yeah so within a day you can fix it yeah. and then once you put the battery then next six months you don't have to worry about anyway uh-huh. so that means you can still make it useful so you could see that that logic right yeah, so yeah. so that means you can fix things yeah. so this is something which is sort of engineering logic you you you, you do whatever you want yeah, right yeah. so ultimately what i feel is that most of us we do we do think through our hearts mm. and most of the good scientists it's it, maybe it's my opinion but i feel that uh, most of those really amazing scientists they actually feel what is happening yeah and somehow they get that that intuition yeah. and because of that intuition they get to know more and more wisdom and knowledge yeah. and they they understanding right yeah. so that's something that they do this is kind of a life hack before they were life hacks exactly exactly, exactly. <laughs> interesting exactly interesting. this is something that uh, uh, though this this sort of thought process came later uh, but i could actually go back and then trace where it all started yeah, right exactly. and then uh, when i was um, just 4 5 years old i still remember 
uh, seeing the uh, the uh, vehicles like big buses and uh, um, trucks, uh, how they actually uh, take the um, wheels out and then put a new wheel when the wheel is punctured, right? Mm. So the the tire punctures. Um, so I could see that they they put something below the uh, the axle and then they just one person turn. And then I was amazed to see that one man is lifting the whole bus <laughs> in some sense, right? So, so I was always uh, uh, wondered how things work, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, I didn't know how it happens, but I know um, uh, why it happens, but I know how, it, how things are done. Yeah. So I used to see a workshop uh, in front of my house, and then they do lots of these things, and then sharpening, and then, um, and then the lathe machine. Many things I used to see there. The, of course, many, many stuff I never understood, but I could see that what is happening, mm. um, why things are happening, why they are pour, pouring water when they are uh, cutting some thread there, for example. Um, so later I found out that it, it gets heated because of the friction, mm. and then that's why they pour water, um, yeah. because if it becomes too hot, then they cannot really control the, uh, the, the thread well. Uh, but I know the whole process so that whenever I could read something in my textbooks, I could relate to why and how yeah. and what. You so, could see the real-life situation. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. and that has actually drove me uh, to, to, to where I am now. Hmm. But um, uh, to be frank, <laughs> my father never thought that I will come to this level. <laughs> and then after 10th standard, he was thinking that, okay, I'll go to a a small uh, uh, economical uh, or rather uh, commercial uh, uh, unit or something like that, mm. a factory. And then, okay, I, have, I know a bit of math. I can do counting, subtracting, and multiplication. And good enough so that um, I can be a good clerk there and then lead my life. So, yeah, yeah. But suddenly what happened was um, I came first in my matriculation uh, to the whole district. Very cool. Um, that's a public examination, and uh, for the whole state, it is one exam. And then <laughs> I didn't know how I wrote it. <laughs> the previous day, I was playing cricket <laughs> before my exams. <laughs> so, you even you even didn't expect it from yourself to. No, to get I never. And then uh, my father gave me a big, big hug. Uh, I never forget that. Yeah, and then he suddenly thought that I should be put in a good school. So, mm. so he tried very hard, and then, uh, of course, I didn't. We didn't had money, yeah, uh, to pay for the tuition fee and other things. So, and then he found out a school which is like two hundred kilometers from my place. It is huge distance, but um, uh, now in this, the Netherlands for sure, <laughs> uh, but in India, in the it's, it's, it's but but compared relatable. to now, yeah. I'm five thousand kilometers away, but that yeah. is really short, yeah, yeah, because I can yeah, almost course. be talking to my. My, my loved ones every day, every moment. Mm. Uh, but that time, I, it used to take almost like five hours to, to yeah. go from my place to that place. Yeah. Uh, so he put me there in that school. And then um, uh, I started uh, experiencing the um, laboratories, like chemistry, biology. So I used to, we used to make um, a dissection of uh, frogs and then uh, cockroaches. So I could also see that. Um, and then, uh, of course, physics. Um, uh, lots of things with uh, respect to physics. We had, I was really fortunate, uh, we had uh, good um, uh, lab facilities. Uh, they were very simple experiments compared to the current timing times now. But at that moment, it was really good. 
and uh, i wanted to do pure science but uh, um, i stood uh, uh, the top 1000 in my whole state whole state now uh, has about uh, um 600 million population oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um uh, and then uh, um uh so now um uh, uh, for example um uh, then i was pushed to engineering and then i did mm. my engineering yeah. and then the life outside t- of india t- happened took took me to yeah. masters and phd yeah Uh, and, and also, uh, um, I think is that also the period where you got to got to the Netherlands because that's uh, we talked a little bit before we started. But uh, you came to the Netherlands about 15 years ago, right? Um, uh, how, how did that happen? So how do you actually got to to the Technical University in Delft in this case? Um, I what happened was I um, I did my masters. Uh, I did electronics engineering because I was a bit more interested in that. Mm. so so i used to be much more interested in this building some small circuit alarm bells and then uh, telephones uh, and then so because uh, this uh, my father was postmaster so uh, the old broken telephones so i used to take that and then the microphones and then the speakers there um, so i used to or the earphones uh, i used to play with them and mm. then uh, set up my own circuits and things like that ah. uh, it was very simple that time um and then um then i i went on to do my masters in power electronics and then i got introduced to a big um uh, uh government uh, um uh, um sort of a public sector unit but also they do research but basically engineering manufacturing and research applied research sure. so it's called bharat electronics limited uh, so i did my thesis there so then that got me interested much more um then i went on to do my phd in the, the top school um in india uh, it was very tough and then uh, the, getting the <laughs> can imagine <laughs> getting the seat there but um, uh, i went there and then started uh, doing and then after one year i left because i didn't like the research topic again spend one more year preparing again for the exams and interviews then uh, i went again to the same school uh, probably uh, if i had some resources or my my family had some resources um, probably i could have uh, gone to us because that was the trend mm. and even now that's the trend for most of uh, bright indian students um, see that a lot right yes a lot uh, of top indians in the yeah, in the ceo yeah. positions at google yes. microsoft yes, stuff like that yes right? they're all indians yeah um, so but uh, i didn't had that much money to <laughs> to to really <laughs> yeah that happens really yeah try because um, Uh, even spending hundred uh, dollars for uh, um, uh, writing the exam, uh, if you don't pass, if you don't get it, so then that's a big hit for my father's pocket. Of course, so, yeah, it makes sense. So that was that was the reason, and then I said, okay, I'll I'll do my research in this top school. So they are also good. Uh, so I did my PhD there, and then, um, uh, for example, uh, my PhD topic was uh, voice over IP, and before Skype came into this world. probably they were also experimenting and doing things but officially start of they they started making um, noise around uh, 2003 but in 1999 um around june i had built a complete conferencing system hmm. on uh, uh, on the on the internet for example you can use the internet um and then 
have a conference call rather than simple one-to-one calls, yeah. for example. Yeah. So that was uh, my PhD topic, making really large-scale conferencing system without a moderator. So that means if you're sitting in a big room, people are allowed to shout and speak over others. And, but somehow they will also come back and then sort of moderate themselves mm. if it is a meaningful. I, I, of course, if it is a parliament, so they just want to make noise. Yeah, that, that but even that is also possible over my, net, my, my, my application that I built. Yeah. But assuming that if they want to do something uh, really meaningful, uh, then um, they will correct themselves. They can stop stepping over each other and this is called uh, repair mechanisms in conversational analysis. Yeah. A, a Dutch, famous Dutch scientist actually studied conversational analysis. Uh, and uh, he, he unfortunately died, uh, but he wrote it in 1973. And then I actually used that from social PhD. scientists to develop a, a very nice application, wherein this application allows people to step over each other and correct themselves use simple conversational analysis mechanisms mm. or not analysis but basically you feel it conversation mechanisms that automatically happens for for human beings and then use that to control the total network traffic because you don't have to have more than four four channels yeah. even if there are 100 people in the conference so that is something that i came up with and then built it and then um, and then we went on to make a startup company Oh, cool. um, after my PhD, but um, I was always told that there is a lot many things that happen around the world, and of course uh, in Western Europe and uh, U.S. Uh, universities and other places. So I was told that many people, in fact, they suggested I should spend one year time outside. Mm. So that's when just but, uh, for for my just from my standpoint, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but yeah. W- w- why did they say that? So why did they say that you need to uh, go out into the world and and uh, yes, see that? Yes, I, I actually could see uh, from my own experience. Yeah, um, how that was really uh, useful for it's example for your worldview and stuff like that. Yes, right? uh, yeah. one is worldview, and uh, the other thing is that um, each and every um, life. Uh, um, what do you call um, uh, uh, different society and cultures yeah, yeah. and their lives, yeah. communities. So they all have best practices, mm. right? Your cuisine, for example, also has uh, its own um, uh, 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 evolution, how, why it is now. Uh, but these days, uh, things are, <laughs> I don't want to take the names of, <laughs> no, many, of no. many of these uh, mul- multinational uh, food joints. So, so whether you go to US or uh, UK or Western Europe or even in India, it tastes the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but, I don't understand what you mean. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. But, uh, um, uh, but it's, it's really, it's different. So, the, uh, so India has many best practices, which we think, customs and then sometimes we don't really feel um, uh, uh, we, we, we don't even appreciate and similarly here also many times we don't appreciate it uh, but depending on the seasons depending on the, uh, the, the environment depending on the climate yeah. there's lots of things that we have as best, best practices similarly uh, many of the engineering schools and um, uh, many of our research themes there are multiple schools uh, some of them are really, really good in one particular area. Uh, if you say that, okay, if you want to go and then study quantum, for example, you should go to Delft in, in, 
in the Netherlands, uh, in the yeah. Netherlands yeah. right? Or um, uh, or you have to go to Sun Laboratories. Um, so similarly, there are multiple things like uh, medical uh, research. King's College, right, in London, they have a fantastic medical school which connects with many other uh, streams uh, of studies. And then, uh, but but that means they have developed some best practices over the years, mm. and that's what you have to learn. Yeah. Because um, that evolution you can only see only when you are immersed. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to apply for postdoc and then ah, cool. come over. Yeah, but what's interesting about that is um, when I look at my own kind of situation, I was born in Bosnia uh, and then uh, my my parents came here. Yeah. Uh, and that was before the whole war and stuff like that, just before that. Uh, but um, what what's interesting there is that you get... Um, pieces of culture right so yes, you, you get yes. uh, a piece of the kind yeah. of bosnian culture if you can yeah. call it like that yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you also get the the culture that you because i i grew up here i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, basically I, I came here when i was two and i'm now uh, 30 so that's 28 <laughs> years so i i I, yeah. I basically don't know the real culture there yes. of course i yeah. do go visit and uh, and i get the culture from my home but uh, what what I like about it is that you kind of combine two things, right? You combine yes. the kind of good parts from one uh, culture and the good parts from the other. And <laughs> but unfortunately, what is happening is you take the bad from the other culture. And yeah, sometimes you also, <laughs> you also export the bad things yeah. from what you're Yeah, doing. that also happens. But uh, it, it, uh, No, I, most I, of the times I feel very sad about this because I, I travel frequently from yeah. uh, Netherlands to India because... I spent almost like four and a half months uh, in a year in, in India. Mm. So I, I always say that every time I come back from India, I, I get a f- cultural shock here. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever I go back, even it's there, about, I, I again yeah. get a cultural yeah. shock. There. You need the adaptation period to, just to get, the, <laughs> get to the groove again. Uh, yeah. but, but, uh, but that's a very good thing. The yeah. uh, only thing is that we have to be a little patient yeah. and then uh, take one step back. Yeah. Um, look at the life, look at the environment, look at the other cultures hmm. uh, with a little bit of patience yeah. uh, instead of simply debunking. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Right. A, lot of, a lot of people are like, okay, if they don't know it and then yeah. they, they haven't experienced it, they're like, okay, yeah, that's really stupid and I don't want to even know about it instead of trying to understand why something is like that. Yes, right? because yeah. what happens is they're looking for something mm. um, um, because I want something, right? So that's why I'm looking for that thing. Yeah. So And then we end up doing a mistake like this. Absence of evidence mm. is not evidence of absence. Yeah. Because you didn't find it, so it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. So probably you'll have to search a bit more. Yeah. Right. It's a really scientific approach to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you have to take a little bit of time. Mm. Um, it's not that it's going to just come to you. Right. So um, um, uh, many, many, many scientists, for example, uh, uh, when you read about, let us say, Edison, for example, yeah. he tried so many metals, metal, metal uh, 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 compositions. Right. Um, and and then he ended up in building the <laughs> the the uh, yeah. bulb that we see now and then. Yeah, things changed so fast later. Yeah, but for him it was so painful thing. So for every one of us, uh, if you want to really see something new, yeah, 
you have to take time. It's it's also good to step out of your comfort zone, right? Yes, I mean, yes, that's that's exactly, the thing. That's exactly. basically what you're doing. You're basically yeah, stepping yeah. out of what everything that's known for you, right? Yes. Uh, and yes. that that always gives you new insights into uh, exactly, anything else. Exactly. Um, what I wanted to talk about a little bit because we uh, uh, we talked about that before. Uh, one of the things that you also worked on at the technical university is kind of the the Internet of Touch, if you can call it like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, before we start, maybe you could give a little bit of an intro into what that is, right? Yes. Because a lot of people were like, Internet of Touch, I mean, what is that what at is all? That? Uh, but also, uh, why that could be useful uh, right, in the right. end. Yeah. So now if you go back, right, uh, to my PhD, yeah. so actually there is a very nice progression. Well, sure, yeah. Um, go ahead. Uh, that's what I could easily uh, to to build upon what I'm or where I am now. Yeah. Um, so so the startup company was doing very well, and then uh, we were competing against Skype, and then we went to eBay, and probably if our business model would have been properly positioned that time, um, I wouldn't have been here because we would have really got like <laughs> at least ten million dollars that time. And in Crazy. In, and, Indi- ah, and in India in two thousand five four five. Uh, that was a, it's huge a lot amount, of money. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And actually, eBay bought Skype uh, yeah. in 2005 yeah. for $4.2 billion. Yeah. So 0.1% of it for us would have been like $4 million. It was Wasn't huge. Was it before money. Microsoft then? Because, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, eBay later uh, sold, sold, this, it to Microsoft. sold Skype uh, to Microsoft because yeah. eBay could not really use Skype for the idea that we proposed to eBay at that time. Mm. Um, okay. uh, I'm not saying that we got the same, we are the only ones who got the idea, but, no, no. but I could see that um, uh, before uh, eBay um, bought Skype, almost eight months before, uh, we had demonstrated uh, the technology that we had. So that was all these things were about voice over IP. Mm. So basically what you are doing is you had telephone and then you had television. Television is one way and telephone, of course, is two ways. But once internet came into picture, so you could actually exchange the pictures back and forth but um, at some point people started streaming and then you could see that okay if it is one way streaming you can also do the two way streaming so then you got from, the video from audio you went to video so now we have five sensors and people started also thinking about smell we also yeah we talked about that before <laughs> we started yeah before. so yeah, tvs with smell that right <laughs> tvs with smell because um, uh, it's it's actually a good thing but only thing is that replicating it is a bit more difficult yeah. because you have to have those right chemicals uh, in your uh, home yeah, uh, yeah. to to trigger those nozzles to yeah. To spread the smell. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, it is a bit uh, more difficult. So we can't record the smell. That was the, you that's can kind of, you yeah. can in the sense oh, that yes, what you need to do is you need to find out what is the chemical composition. Yeah, of course. And yeah. then you try it to build sense. the same chemical composition um, uh, through a TV to, or through uh, basically you will have small tanks of. It's basically it's like uh, your perfumes, right? Mm. So you have different perfumes. Yeah. So just assume that a perfume shop would like to sell. So what they can do is they can ship a small box and then assuming that these perfumes are like 1,000 euros. So then they they don't mind sending, let us say, 25 euros box. And then you connect there and then sitting in in your living room, you can actually connect your laptop to a, to this box through a USB, USB stick. And then you are, you're done. So whatever the perfume that you want to smell, so it will start spreading the same yeah. 
combination, for sure. example. Sure. I'm, I'm just saying it as a simple, dumb example. So, but only thing is that it's a bit costlier to to replicate cool. in a, on a large scale, sure. like what we have done for audio and video. But um, um, now, uh, the human mind is something which is always going one step. And one yeah. Step and one step. <laughs> sure. So now, just imagine that I. When I came here, um, probably I should say this in one sentence. So I I sent 200 emails because emails was free. Yeah, <laughs> why not? So it's now again free. So so I prepared my CV and then just bombarded around the world. So whoever I thought is good. And one of my friends said, hey, look, Delft University is really top-notch. That time, not many people knew about Delft. But this person came from US, so he knew about Delft. So he said, look at their uh, website and then uh, uh, apply. Yeah. So I, then I applied to um, uh, three, four professors and also many other uh, places in uh, Europe and US. And I got like 10 um, uh, offers. Uh, I was about to go to Canada because my brother, uh, who was also a PhD, ah. so he was also going to Montreal. And I also got an op- admission in Montreal uh, in Carlton. And then uh, suddenly, uh, one of my professors said, don't go to, to, to uh, Canada. Uh, go to Delft. Delft is a better place than uh, Montreal. Um, so you go there and then it's better to work with somebody who is not Indian because in Carlton I would have gone to an Indian professor. Ah, that makes sense. So he said it's, it's better to do that. Then I had set everything and then in the last moment... So actually, I tossed a coin between Delft and... <laughs> <laughs> Was it a literal coin? And then, literal coin. <laughs> and then I, the coin came up heads. And then I went to Canada, or decided to go to Canada, and then called my father and then said, I have decided. He was very happy that both, we both, uh, his children, yeah. uh, we'll be together. So he was happy um, because it will be a little stress, less stressful for him. Yeah, sure. And then I went and then told my uh, PhD supervisor, he said, very strongly, don't go. And then within half an hour, I called up my father again and then said, no, I have decided. <laughs> and then I ended up in Delft. So, so I started working on continuing work on something on the internet mm. and applications. Um, so because I always tend to look into the practical aspects because of my PhD, because of my upbringing, sure. because of my interest in what I observe. Yeah. So, so I was much more into application-oriented research. And uh, in my in my um, the department where I was in wireless mobile communication earlier, so so I was I could actually implement some of these applications again. So whatever that I learned from audio video transmission, I could actually connect that with multiple different applications. What you see as Internet of Things was actually I was working on mm. in two thousand five when I came here. That time it was not called as Internet of Things. Uh, but almost all the things that we talk about, smart stuff, context-oriented um, uh, applications, context-aware uh, uh, systems. So all these things were basically the same thing that you see as Internet of Things now. Sure. Uh, so Internet of Things became a buzzword. That's it. <laughs> it <laughs> so is. I call it as, at that time it was called as personal networks. Mm. So it is basically trying to help a person with lots of different devices and many other things in a smart way. Yeah. And IoT does it in, again, the same thing. So now look at that now. So I started working on Internet of Things. So you connect many things, many sensors, many actuators. They are all open loop. So in the sense that there is something which is moving and then at some point it has to stop. So you 
you have sensors and then it says okay it has reached the destination you stop for example mm. right so um, it can be um, simple things like controlling the temperature in this room uh, so you have an actuator which will switch it on or switch off uh, the heaters yeah like you have in your own home exactly. and stuff like that yeah. so now assuming that you stretch this to the next level and now connect also with audio video communication now so now assuming that yes i could see my daughter I, when i came here my daughter was just 15 years sorry 15 days old ah okay and then i left my daughter and i came here because i had promised my professor here that hmm. i will come yeah. and i didn't want him to carry a notion that okay many of these indians they won't come after promising ah. so that's why i came here for only one year actually i told him that i'll go back in one year <laughs> <laughs> that turned out different <laughs> yes and then uh, he offered me 50 50 so 50% i went back after one year i went back to india to work in the startup company mm. and 50% i used to work research and then at, for almost like three and a half to four years i had two jobs it was a luxury but it was also pressuresome yeah, so sure. i didn't know sitting in india i used to work for research here in tu delft sitting in tu delft i used to work for my colleagues company the mm. in india so everyone had faith in me and then that i can deliver something so nobody bothered and then it continued like that so now coming back to our uh, audio video thing yeah. so i this is where i am i'm coming to because it's something which is really close to my heart so i used to see my daughter Mm. on um, our own uh, wipe application that we had built ah. so so for the first year um, when i was full time here so i used to see her and then talk to her and then at some point um, um most of the times because of the bandwidth issues then in india so it used to be only voice so i used to sing a song for her because ah. i composed that song yeah. and then when i went back after one and a half years so i sang that song and then she didn't come to me first but after i sang that song she said appa appa that means father in our native language mm. and then she went to the room where our computer was and then ah. she started showing father as the laptop she associated it with the laptop laptop ah that was really hitting me mm. so that means we we had all the things at that moment the communication capabilities everything and then sometimes she used to see a small face right so but for her the that complete touch that human touch was not there so now you could see that human mm. touch can be a very valuable thing in one's life and sure. that too when you are far away and that too if i really see in in western europe and us um uh, at least in western europe you see that lots and lots of old uh, people uh, they are staying alone and uh, many children small children they the 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 touch of the grandparents is lost and there's a very important aspect in somebody's life mm. according to me um having grandparents around you is very important mm. now assuming that you somehow enable that right so if you can bring the human touch so you have holographic imaging now and somehow of course you may have to have a glove and things like that but still if you can bring the touch if just imagine that my daughter is sitting next to me and then in a rudimentary fashion even if it is if i can shake hands with her pat her back and then pinch her cheeks yeah. for example yeah. now if she can do the same thing right so she wouldn't have gone to the laptop saying 
father right mm. so for for her the father was because people told that it is your father talking to you so and then she is to she associated that so story. now this is where the internet of touch comes into picture but the hardcore technology thing is for example um remote driving right so be in the confines of your your uh, uh, living room and then be on a couch so that you can drive maybe you can have one more person next to you you don't have to be really tired sitting in the truck and then you can have a platooning of these trucks so only one person can drive and the others can be there to take care for example so it's like two people driving the same truck that's mm. possible so that the accidents can be reduced and then you can bring the technology so just imagine you having a a steering wheel in your uh, in your living room but you are driving a, a, a truck on a highway for example mm. or automation for just very very simple and relatable things that i can tell you now is for example people coming from let us say china wuhan right so it's now it's a policy at least uh, from tu delft uh, understandably it is also required that they have been told anyone who is visiting china and then coming back they have been asked to work from home yeah uh, because of the virus weeks. and stuff yes, like that for two weeks so yeah. that so that you know that there's nothing happening for example if you are really doing some experiments how can you do it from your room mm. i know i cannot give you all the instruments now but assuming that if you have internet of touch so you can still work do your experiments from sitting in in your in your bedroom right yeah, yeah. your living room yeah so so the automation can be a very big thing right and the ultimate stuff is basically a remote surgery um when when people talk to me about internet of touch uh, uh, when dutch people talk to me i'll tell them do you know uh, delft blue mm. they say yes of course they are very proud i'm also proud because my daughter also does some delft oh, blue cool. painting she is uh, very cool. she learned a bit uh, she when she visits in uh, netherlands for mm. two months in a year so she goes to a small shop and then she has oh. she has built a friendship with one of the <laughs> shop owners interesting they are very good friends and then she she learns she paints uh, she helps the uh, the shop owners anyway so i asked them delft blue why delft blue is so expensive right some of them are like 300 euros uh, even the new ones old ones i can understand but old tiles but new ones but you also get for 3 euros Mm. for 5 euros the same thing in 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 the it same it looks the same it looks almost the same yeah, yeah. everything right but one uh, in the same church square in delft um why is it right it's just because the amount of efforts people put in when they do hand painting mm. and i know it is so difficult so now imagine i cannot get my friend sani from from delft to india and then show how to do delft painting and things like that yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, but as, and, and india is so big many cities would be really interested in having her and then doing it she cannot yeah. do that so but assuming that she, whatever she does here is is uh, if you are able to replicate in 100 cities in india so you can actually multiply the same thing in 100 places Mm. and it is again authentic delft blue painting right mm. so just imagine the skill set that you have a person has developed over the years you can never be able to just give it in one shot ah. right 
the skill I cannot impart these skills. It has to go through. You have to to acquire a skill. You have to keep practicing and practicing and then trying and trying and trying. Right. Similarly, fantastic surgeons, uh, the the surgeons, mm. remote surgery, for example. Yeah. So some of the very, for example, pancreas, which is embedded between two three organs, it is really difficult. to 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 operate. operate on yeah right for example pancreas because i know pancreas because i'm diabetic <laughs> so ah, <laughs> that's an that's an important organ for me sure so 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 in all these cases so you could see now such a huge breadth of tactile yeah. internet so if you yeah. can if you can send touch across right so you can see how many things that it's possible something which is very simple of human touch where the even if you miss one pat on your back it is still fine if you are able to convey the whole feelings yeah. because you can augment it audio and video things yeah. and uh, surgery is so fine is thing yeah. right and then driving is again very critical it's so it, i didn't think about it in the sense that it's also scalable right where yes. that that's something that i didn't think about because when you <laughs> when you talked about it before i was like okay you can probably as you said Uh, maybe talk to uh, someone that you know and uh, and have that kind of interaction but also the the say say for instance you're a famous artist or something yes. like that as you said with yes. the delf blue as well yes. uh, you could pretty much give a workshop in a hundred different places exactly. just with exactly. one uh, exactly. from one place right right and uh, but, but when it also comes to personal thing actually uh, the music school in uh, hague Mm-hmm. uh so uh, someone visited me and then they were interested in um, probably at some point i should uh, uh, get some funds to do this for example um uh, music is very personal mm. um, sure. um uh, in the beginning yes everyone goes through the same motion of keyboard yeah. and other things yeah. but when you really go into let's say fifth of fifth year of your your training so you really require a mentor next to you right for example just to push you further to the level to get that 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 fine aspects right mm. that you can only learn from a guru yeah, <laughs> a yeah, teacher a master yeah <laughs> anyway guru is very well yeah. known guru is an export uh, from india anyway. yeah, yeah of course <laughs> sanskrit word so so you really require a guru so mm. guru is basically means that somebody who is actually embedded getting getting into you and guide you to achieve the goals right mm. so that is one who is guru right yeah. so now when you really getting into that finesse finesse that that you really need to to get that right so if you are a, a, a violin player so keeping your elbow so your teacher if she is there next to you she can actually lift your elbow up yeah and then say that look now see the difference in the sound that you you generate assuming that she has to she has to do it to let us say to one person so people need to move and then wait or she has to go to a school and one by one one yeah, by one yeah you have to be it. there yeah but what she can do is but most of the times you have to practice it yourself and what she can do is you practice it she has to tell you once and then you have to practice 10 times and then after 10 times she has to come back and then check so now just imagine if she is sitting in her in her house and then our his house and then she teaches one boy and then uh, uh, and then he has to practice when he is practicing she can go and then attend to another student mm-hmm. another student another student what you require is is a very thin uh, 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 thing 
that you can put it onto some sensor some sensors yeah. and actuators on your yeah. glove or maybe a small cover to your elbow for example ah. or to your shoulder so that to lift your arm and things like that probably fingers and other things may be a bit difficult now but it can also be there mm. so you can also translate that thing. so how, let's let's take that example because i just want to visualize it for myself <laughs> as well but also for the for the for the people listening yeah um so what would happen is actually you would have um maybe they would have a video feed where they can see of you course, playing of course, of course, i mean of you course. need to know uh, how course. that looks like of but course. they would have some controls yes. that would say maybe i don't know left arm yes. uh, shoulder or yes. whatever yes. uh, and then they could actuate Uh, yes and and kind of and kind of give the pointers to that uh, to exactly. that exactly it, it is just like you wear a sweater mm. which has got many of these sensors yeah we are going miniaturizing it so much these days yeah, so you it, have the levi's jacket right where yeah, where they had like the tactile yeah. touch and stuff like that <laughs> something like that yeah. and then you can have much more actuators uh tactile is one important thing with respect to tactile compared to audio and video is that and uh, the tolerable limits are much much higher mm Uh, so you have room to play when it is audio and video like even half a second is fine mm. you can manage yeah there's there's some lag but it's okay yeah. it's okay yeah. you can manage but with tactile the problem is that when you touch a hard surface and you push a hard surface you get reverse force mm. and if you are touching assuming that you feel that you are you think that you are touching a wall sitting next to you know, ne- 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 uh, uh, on my couch right and then just in here if i am touching i should get some sort of force feedback that says that no you are touching the ah, wall yeah, so yeah. that means almost in an instance so the sensor should be sending the information to the other end and the other end the actuators should mimic the physical parameters yeah, no. and then it should send again a feedback that feedback should be conveyed to the person mm. so that's where the round trip delay becomes yeah. so so small so that means you have to go to even five actually people are talking about 1 millisecond and even even they are talking about less than 1 millisecond yeah so that means the whole round trip so the thing if i take the example of um uh, um uh, for example Uh, the um the music uh, feature, uh, yeah. music thing so they they uh, if i am touching a mannequin for example a, a simple doll um mimicking and then touching the doll in the elbow mm. so that's so instant that, right? that's the instance yeah. for me i get the feedback and then it has to be translated on the other side for the student a music student mm. and and then if he's not moving and i should also get that feeling that he is not moving so that i have to put more force assuming i am a teacher yeah. music teacher so that i have to lift his elbow a little bit more ah. right so that translation has to come to me also that's so, crazy yes yeah. that's crazy yeah. and that's where the challenges are yeah because when you look at the the internet right uh, yeah. when you look at the kind of round trip for people that maybe don't know Uh, if you have a round trip maybe in the Netherlands itself yeah. it can already be like 20 milliseconds maybe maybe <laughs> yes. even up till 100 yes. milliseconds yes. right we have, and you're we have talking about 1 millisecond <laughs> which exactly. is which exactly. is pretty crazy yes uh, it is pretty crazy and then um uh, with 1 millisecond round trip you can go only 150 kilometers yeah. because it is uh, the speed of light is if you take into consideration and then your electromagnetic waves are using the speed of light for exactly fiberglass. so assuming approximately the same yeah. so then you cannot be going more than 150 kilometers and that's the challenge yeah. now the idea is that if 
if it is a bit more longer distance, what can be done? Can you do a bit uh, into prediction algorithms? Can you guess? Can you make sure that uh, you sort of get the feedback which can be controlled as well as um, uh, give you the control? So because if, if the computer start doing things on its own, then you lose the control, then it's of no fun, right? But if you have to do everything, then you have to be less than 150 kilometers. Mm. So if you want to stretch to, let us say, 500 kilometers, what will happen? So is there a possibility that you can still do things faster and some things could be done by your servers and computers, the algorithms, and also give you the feeling that you are in control yeah because that's that's the that's i think the most hard the yes. hard part about it yeah that's the same yeah. th- well it kind of feels the same like um when you're using a tablet for example or you're yes. using your phone yeah. Yeah. you don't have that kind of tactile feedback in in a sense right. where you that's why a lot of people still use blackberries as well where they're like okay i can still feel feel the like no. the keyboard you, so you, you triggered me you're, yeah you're actually uh, you're asking right questions. Yeah. So you, you brought me into another one. For example, you want to buy a shirt. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I already okay. know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like touching the fabric. Yeah, exactly. The, exactly. Yeah. So now um, in Delft. For e-commerce, it would be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, just imagine because many people, if they, um, because of so much of uh, um, um, unbinding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the sales, <laughs> the sales. Yeah. Uh, I I think I pronounce it. Correctly. Yeah, unbeading. Yeah, unbeading. Yeah. You, you you got it. <laughs> yeah, unbeading. Um, so you go and then buy it, and then when you get it in uh, post, then you see that ah, I don't horrible like fabric this. or right, whatever. right. So you have that 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 issue. Mm. So uh, in Delft, uh, not uh, of course not in my group, but um, in uh, Delft, one of the really top uh, uh, department uh, faculty, it's uh, 3ME, uh, people are already experimenting on uh, these sort of glasses or surfaces where that can stimulate the, uh, the different types of surfaces. Mm. They're already working on it. So now just imagine, and I know that there are some some of these manufacturers, uh, mobile, yeah. <laughs> these manufacturers, they have it. I'm trying to push them to give me one or two to, <laughs> to work on it, yeah. to test it, um, because I cannot do everything on my own. So I need, yeah. need these instruments. So just imagine if I can, as soon as you get to next shirt, a sweater, so you know, okay, how this texture how feels, it feels like, and... how it feels, right? Mm. So probably if you have a glove, Right, so you then you can really also you can also find out what is the weight, for example. Ah. Right, so you just have to keep the glove and then say, okay, just move your hand up and down. And Crazy. if it is if it is heavy, you can't move it much. Yeah. So if I can stimulate your hand yeah. with, uh, sorry, that sort of uh, force, yeah. so you can also find out, ah, this sweater is so lightweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And, and if you if you kind of. Um, if you couple that with, for, for example, augmented reality, where you can actually see the, exactly, the exactly. Thing, now you can even... now you can bring the wow. other aspects. Yeah, so now crazy. just imagine how many things that can happen. But still, I always go back to, for me, if I can enable for, as a person, for me, uh, the important thing is that if I can get uh, my good friend uh, Sani or my daughter's <laughs> friend yeah, yeah. Sani uh, 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 Lekkerker, uh, uh, if she can. Uh, give uh, the demonstration and then paint 
mm. uh, from sitting in Delft in 100 places in India. That would be crazy. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be right? awesome. And, and a, a grand, grandparent, yeah. uh, if he's not able to, um, to, uh, visit. to, to lose yeah. the opportunity to be with his grandchildren mm. every day, right? So they come back from school and they are in the house. So the mama is doing something, right? Yeah. And uh, these kids can, if they can be with grandparents. So it's already fantastic. For example, um, this is a very important thing according to me that um, you see that there are many, many cases of Alzheimer's. Mm. Uh, in India, um, I am seeing these days really worse cases mm. um, because I'm, my father is a postmaster, so sh- he knows how to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he used to have lots and lots of friends and that has actually rubbed off on me also. So I do also lots of that. I, I c- relate with many people. Mm. So these days we get many, many more cases um, of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, so that happens because they are alone and I'm not saying that biologically okay they aged and things like that sure but you can actually reduce the effect of it mm. so let us say telling a story right yeah so telling a story is is not that easy yeah, yeah. right so assuming that you tell a story to your grandson or granddaughter every day and you have to repeat so that means something that you i don't know whether you have noticed uh, with your i don't know whether you have it Yeah, 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 sure. That, yeah. So if you tell a story, yeah. and if you change the story or cut short, take a shortcut next day, they'll catch you and then say, no, no. You, are, you missed you are, something. You yeah. missed something, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that means you have to remember to, to tell the story in the same sequence every, every day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just imagine a grandfather, grandmom doing this to a grandchild. Yeah. So she has to be so sharp, right? So, so, and then the human touch, the emotions always make, make the bonding much better yeah. and uh, they feel happy and that happiness generates lots and lots of chemicals in their brain, sure. which makes their brain much more healthy. Right? Yeah, yeah, and so you can, so you now, can also battle that as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And now along with, along with only this telling the story or video and things like that, if you also have the touch, sure. that's much more immersive and... Uh, Yes, the world is changing. It's becoming nuclear families. You have to move around like me. Yeah. You have to be 5,000 kilometers away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you can enable that human touch. Yeah. Right? I, I, I have to... Uh, I, 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 it's fascinating. It's fascinating <laughs> in, my, in many ways. Yeah. I, because of the time, we just, yes, need to, yes. just need to wrap up a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah sure. What I wanted to ask, because that's the, the question I always ask at the end of, uh, of every podcast. So... Uh, it's a bit of a hard question sometimes, but <laughs> but since you since you kind of started at TU Delft and all the, did all these kinds of researches and stuff like that, uh, what is there something that you could say that you were most proud of? That where you say, uh, okay, this is this is the thing that okay. I'm most proud of since I since yeah, I did yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, maybe I can pick. Let us say, I'll I'll I'll. Uh, Um, Try and pick I'll, one if I'll you can. Pick, you want me to pick only one? It, it more be, than one. Okay. The uh, best way would be one. <laughs> okay. So then, then I will tell you one thing. Sure. Um, uh, ten years back, um, Air France flight from Rio 
to Paris mm-hmm. uh, that met with an accident. 300 people died and uh, it uh, um, fell in uh, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the black box, it's actually colored red. <laughs> they all called the black box, but yes. <laughs> um, uh, so they could not trace it for almost three to, f- if I remember correctly, maybe up to almost like five months. And the battery is there, of course, and but it will also die after some time. Mm. So just in time, they could recover uh, the uh, black box. And then they found out the problem, what happened, what led to this aircraft uh, to fall in. Um, the problem was that uh, every aircraft has got uh, a pitot tube. It's called a pitot tube, which measures the airflow outside. Mm-hmm. So that means the um, because to flow to these planes to f- to to float, so there must be good amount of airspeed. Sure, right. If yeah. not, they cannot. Uh, yeah, they they cannot. Basic fly. physics. Yeah, Basic <laughs> physics. So now, uh, what happened was these pitot tubes that could uh, actually uh, tell you the airspeed. Uh, because of storm and a few other things, water particles went in these tubes uh-huh. and it blocked the air. And then these pitot tubes were reporting that airspeed is zero. Airspeed is zero or very, very bad. Very bad. So to do that, they have to take some action, uh, the pilots. And then they were taking the action to correct it. So basically they come down a little bit and then they take off again so that they get the, generate the airspeed Artificially. Yeah, right? sure. So, and that's what they were trying and trying. And then when they tried too much, there was a point of no return. And then it just dived into the, uh, into the, the ocean. Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So that time, something triggered um, for me. It was 10 years old thing, mm. right? Um, is there a possibility that I can put something such that there is another channel of information for such um, aircrafts or trains or anything, right? Mm. Wherein you also get, with it should be cheap. Rather of course, cheap, relatively. <laughs> expen- inexpensive. Yeah. And it should also give you, it should be easy to deploy. Then you should not be really redesigning the aircraft. Then they will not take it. And um, uh, you, you should be able to just plug and play types. We are used to USB things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is there a way that I can bring, make some small thing through Internet of Things mm. type? And then I can give the pilots another channel because something that we always forget is that we think that they have so much of instrumentation. Of course they have. Aircraft is a huge, huge instrument. Designed, very well designed. But pilots are better than the machines because humans at any point of time they are much better uh, to, in solving the problems mm. because the machine solves the problem only either through lots of computation, the AI part, or it's programmed to take multiple things in a very short time and then pick the right one. Yeah. But when the solution is unknown, that's where the human brain can actually play. The creative it. process. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, uh, if you see aircraft, uh, air crash investigations, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. this famous thing. Yeah. So you see that pilots actually save a lot. So now, assuming that I give pilots another channel of information wherein they think that, ah, there must be some problem. Mm. Because one instrument says airspeed is 700 kilometers and the other one says it Zero. is 100 <laughs> 
zero, right? Yeah. So then they they will be alarmed, right? So that means they have they will cross verify and then find out seven hundred is correct or zero is correct, mm. right? One of them. Sure. So they will find out what is happening. So that means they will apply themselves a bit more. So that's where I was thinking, can we do something? And uh, incidentally, last uh, 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 it's like one and a half years back, around October, uh, Airbus threw a challenge to uh. to all the university students, and then uh, it's one of the 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 uh, vertical was on so on uh, Internet of Things. Then uh. I said, okay, why can't I solve this problem? So my idea was to make something which is batteryless. So that means there is no battery, and it should weigh only like ten grams, not more than that. But it sh- should still measure the airspeed and tell the pilots on their iPads, for example, um, the airspeed is so much. And because it is ten grams, it is much much easy to deploy. Yeah, it so doesn't affect the plane. It at doesn't all. affect the aerodynamics at all. Yeah. So then we. We thought of started thinking about it, and then we thought, okay, that's that's not a, a a very easy way to to pitch it and then test it and then showcase it. Mm. So in that sense, what we did is um, let us get into the cabin itself, the fuselage, and for with respect to passengers, because passengers things are much much easy, and it is inside the cabin, and it can be done easily, and then we can actually take these ideas. One step, instead of taking a big step, let us take one step, and that's where we came up with a batteryless wireless switch. It is less than one centimeter cube, so small, and you can actually put it in belts, seat belts, and uh, luggage cabins, and seats even, mm. um, so that what can happen is um, when there is turbulence. You have to check each and every uh, passenger whether he has really put in his yeah, belt or not, cell, latched his leg or not. Yeah. So it is for the crew. It has they have to go through it. Yeah. But it is so dangerous for crew also. Yeah, because, because they're walking in turbulence. Exactly, and yeah. during turbulence, and it, I, I, I think everyone, uh, if you are in the toilet <laughs> during turbulence, <laughs> you will really feel so, so awkward. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so now assuming that. Um, you announce, and then you somehow get to know that each and every passenger has put his belt on. So nice, right? Mm. Because in turbulence, putting the belt actually yeah. doesn't make you not move front. That's not the idea. In turbulence, what happens is the aircraft loses its height, yeah. its altitude. So when that happens, there is a high chance that your head can hit. The top, sure, yeah. and that's why people ask you to put to the belt. Your seat belt. Not yeah. many people know about this. Yeah. Why it's important? Because yeah. it people head... think the plane is going down, but it's <laughs> not <laughs> happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so now we came up with this, and then we demonstrated, and then we were um, we made a very nice video. Uh, it's on my web page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if basically it's very easy to search. Um, you, if you search uh, keywords in um, you know, on Google, uh, Airbus. To Delft, um, uh, and uh, if you just search for these two terms, yeah, uh, you will get like five, six links, and one of the link is about uh, sure. uh, To Delft team 
winning the Airbus. Send me over the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. But that's sure. that's something that so you got awarded for. So we won the first for. place. Yeah. Beating 300 teams. Cool. And uh, and then uh, it was a fantastic teamwork. And um, uh, there were four students, two um, PhD students, and uh, one master, uh, two master students, one from aerospace. Uh, so it's across the departments. Uh, and then I had uh, one uh, um, um, bachelor student uh, supporting us. Another uh, my postdoc, uh, he was also helping uh, me sure. mentoring. And it was a, a nice six-member team, seven-member team. Uh, and they, we also had uh, Airbus people uh, helping us. Uh, and it was really immersive. Mm. Um, uh, the, uh, the demonstration uh, in front of the jury, very hand-picked jury. And it was a process almost over eight months. And we had to go through various stages. Mm. And it was done so professional. And uh, and then Airbus, uh, they have a, a innovation um, place in uh, Chilus. So they have a big building where people go there and then do innovation. Mm. So it's just given free, right? So we were there trying and then there are engineers helping us and guiding us even and then telling why it's good, why it's not good. Sure, and yeah. then various alternatives, experimenting all the alternatives. And that was really, really a very... Um, uh, uh, for me, very touching moment mm. because winning is just one event. But with that, I have four students who are energized to do more, right? And then along with them, there are already other two students who have joined my group to do their thesis. They want to do already a lot, lot more things. Sure. So, and it was very tough to get it because you get just 200 microjoules of energy. That's like you... That's when you, when, you, <laughs> it's, when you Basically, it is equivalent to when you, um, uh, uh, when you uh, tap your uh, uh, eyelids. Um, uh, so, assuming you actually... That's don't, the amount of energy, right? You don't spend uh, much energy at all. Uh, so, and that's the amount of energy that's, that we require. So, with that itself, you can, you can send this... Uh, uh, the information that this particular seat is very interesting, and then maybe cabin because luggages also fall off when there is a turbulence because sometimes something which is not properly latched it opens up. Yeah. So as soon as it opens up, uh, the crew members will get a, uh, a, a notification. A notification. Yeah. Ding, and yeah. then you go and then see on their iPads these days say that okay, this uh, luggage cabin bag the cabin is open, so just go and then close it so that. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Um, so this is one thing that is really um, a, a nice moment for me as an achievement, as well as something that I really thought about for 10 years. Very cool. And um, uh, the good news is that, of course, uh, not finalized. Uh, at least uh, really top two engineers from Airbus Cargo, they visited 15 days back. Oh, cool. And then uh, they are uh, studying uh, our uh, device, uh, whether they can use it in cargo aircrafts, because that's a bit easy to get the certification and other things. Sure, yeah. And uh, source of pride, I can uh, imagine. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that's a uh, nice thing. Yeah. VP, 
Thanks a lot. It was uh, very interesting. <laughs> I, th- I think we should do it again sometime. I, uh, yeah, we we yeah. didn't get to a lot of things that we wanted to get to, but it's, sure, it's, it's, sure, it's fine. Sure, it's a very, sure. very interesting sure. story. There are lots of things. For yeah. example, for example um, uh, space. Yeah, space. Uh, and uh, Probably I will give you some good news uh, in a few months. Um, then we can do it so again. Then we can do it again. <laughs> no problem. And, uh, I really liked talking to you. No problem. And, Thanks. Uh, uh, sharing uh, uh, lots of things that, Uh, that were um, uh, in my mind. Yeah. Um, but something that I want to, if you allow me yeah, for sure, a minute ahead. of time, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, something that I definitely want to tell um, as a as a cross cultural things. Right? Sure. Um, I could see that in India these days we all do, but uh, parents are putting too much efforts in the uh, development of their kids. Mm-hmm. So they push them, they get them. good education good education engineers engineers doctors like uh, of course that many of them they would do so that uh, you know, kids are not enjoying their their uh, their education their, yeah their their, their uh, time their life yeah uh, during those uh, child uh, when childhood um but sometimes i also don't see uh, in the netherlands that not many people they they are not really worrying so much about um uh, about uh, the kids that's what i heard but mm. but i could see that in the last 10 years things are changing i could see lots of parents coming already to university and then to guide their kids their children to take up studies go mm-hmm. to higher studies and things like sure. that um i could uh, i could definitely uh, see such things happening so i feel that there is somewhere in the middle that we can actually all can bring very good childhood for children um i could see uh, netherlands is so children friendly yeah um that i have observed um and then bit of pressure little bit more pressure will make dutch universities much more vibrant um and i see a l- lot of potential in dutch students mm. so i'm actually proud of uh, having a dutch student now ah. uh doing phd because not many dutch students will come out and do phd yeah i can imagine <laughs> but if i grab a dutch student i will not let him go <laughs> because they're they're so um uh, so much uh, uh, let's say um uh self motivated mm. and they are so independent yeah um so uh, so there is uh, somewhere uh, there must be somewhere we can come up with uh education systems where the competition and other things are built in and also not stressful and then uh kids can enjoy le- their learning mm. um so uh, so uh, this is something that i really like to see so many of the dutch universities i think they should um work with you know indian universities sure, and yeah. And, and, and on the other way also of course there is always to clap to you have uh, you need two hands yeah and uh, i could see that dutch government and indian government they are already doing a lot this a lot more things together um i hope uh, 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 i'm a only a small speck in this universe no <laughs> yeah of course a small I mean, dot yeah, uh, which yeah. you can't see yeah. uh, but i could see that there are a lot many indians here um on on their behalf i really thank uh, dutch society that um, took me in and cool. then gave me so many opportunities to to explore myself and also um uh, to 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 allow me to contribute and i 
I re- my request is that Dutch uh, families should send more and more their children to universities in the Netherlands. Yeah. So sure. with that request, I will uh, <laughs> say thanks a lot to you as well as to to my university and my students and my colleagues no uh, in my university. Uh, thanks a lot. Very cool. I yeah. think it's a great message to end off on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, you can find the Technical University of Delft. You can find it on tudelft.nl, I think. Uh, yeah. And uh, you can find some more information if you yeah. want to know yeah. uh, more yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and of course, for the li- people listening, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and also on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, and of course, uh, you can uh, also sign up for the newsletter. There's a newsletter every two weeks on Friday. Uh, you get five things about technology, business, and leadership you can find that on bitsvspice.com newsletter i'd like to thank you for listening and until next time